Welcome to Life in Pinstripes. I am James Yemen with TJ Stolensberg here bringing you topics of life and our beloved New York Yankees. What's up, buddy? How's, uh, your, how's your week been? Uh, it's been a very interesting week. You know, someone called me a uh, sommelier. Uh, someone thought I was too young. Oh, at work? Yeah. So, so for those who don't know, James is a, uh, he works at a liquor depot. It's a... Liquor store. Yeah. Liquor store. Yeah, you could say that. And I, uh, I'm a bartender, so we... We're joking to ourselves earlier, like, we find ourselves around alcohol a lot, and we then thusly find ourselves around many interesting characters, do we not? Uh, interesting characters, that is such an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing was, when you said that sommelier, about six years ago to the day, I was asked to be a sommelier myself. This woman, who was a manager of mine, who was like coddling me and babying me as a bartender she was like oh my you wear this you she's she thought i was her prize her like her perfection like i was her lump of clay she was molding she then said what i see next for you is that you become a sommelier and the first time i heard that word i probably reacted the same way you did i was like a sommelier it's supposedly this expert in wine when i thought everything about wine was already Experted, if that makes any sense. You know what I first thought he said to me? I thought he said that I should be a Somalian. I'm like, <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm like, like, wait, wait, I thought what? Pirates. I thought Tom Hanks. I thought I am the captain now. Captain uh, Captain Phillips 2.0 starting us. Black Hawk <laughs> down. I don't know. But what I what I really did is I actually looked it up for a half second, and I said, okay, so what's the difference between somebody who can pour a glass of wine and then tell you about the grape varietal, the soil in which it was birthed? The location, the tundra, the season, all the cutesy stuff. And then I realized it's just more ego. That's all wine is because it's opinion. We all have different taste palettes. You can taste grape and I can taste nut. It could be grape nut or it can be vanilla. It doesn't matter. It's all opinion. So when someone's talking, there's never going to be a right answer. It could be a lot of things when it comes to wine. It yeah. could be like... It could be like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Really. Swirl of the glass as yeah. it drips down, looking at the legs. Ah, nice legs. Yes, the uh, stickiness of the wine or the sugar in the wine will make it drip a certain way down the glass. Okay, like I get it. I think it's cool and all. But what makes somebody think we would be good sommeliers? Because we work there and we're surrounded by it like all the time when we're there. And we're good at the gab of the game. Well, I guess it must be a very hard worker there. Yeah, I think I think we are. Speaking of hard workers. I know somebody who's not one. Oh yeah? Manny Machado. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents. Let's just say this for one second. James and I were texting back and forth the other morning and we were talking about, oh, is it gonna be Bryce Harper and Manny Machado this week? Can we rest easy? Uh, what's going on with them? And seconds later, I got a uh, little blip on my phone saying Manny Machado agrees to deal with the San Diego Padres. Out of all the teams that he met, the San Diego Padres? Who would have thought? I, I, no one would have thought. Um, I've tried to develop some theories afterwards, but before we get into that, 10 years, $300 million. The Richest contract in all American sports. And also, I second, really? Like... This isn't Mike Trout. Don't get me wrong. Manny Machado, he's very talented. He's an all-star. Yeah. All-star, yeah. great with the glove, great yeah. with the bat. Young. But he's young and he's stupid. He's so young and he shows it. And you know, I love young players that come out and say something wrong, then own it like a man or a woman, and know what they've done wrong, work on it behind closed doors or on camera to the to the media. It doesn't matter as long as they're working on it. And what I saw was a man go to the L.A. Dodgers last year, mm -hmm. bring up the fact that he likes being lazy, or he is lazy. He doesn't like to run things out. And then let me just read off some stats here about how he did in the playoffs. Oh, let's see. The NLDS. Okay. Atlanta Braves, you were saying. A couple good players on that. A young squad. On the Dodgers? On the uh, Braves. Oh, the Braves. Yeah, very talented. They're going to be great. What's that guy's name? Acuna. Acuna. Ronald Acuna Sounds Jr., like the rookie of the year. The guy who's probably going to be the next big thing in Atlanta since Andrew Jones. And that's why I love James, by the way. Acuna. When I hear Acuna, I think Acuna Matata. I think it flows right. It feels right. 
These guys were a young team. They were kind of hitting their stride early. They were a farm system that was maybe going to branch out in two, three years, but hey, they made the playoffs. And here's where Manny Machado showed what he's all about. In the NLDS, he was three for 17, which is 176. Good math. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. He had a slugging percentage of 588, but That's... in that three of 17, he had seven strikeouts. Hey, round of applause. Moving on. NLCS, Milwaukee Brewers. He was 8 of 27. Okay, slightly more respectable until you find out that that 296 average was six singles and only one double, and whoop de doo he hit a homer. And that was the series when I think he was mentioning about the... Uh... The not hustling. The laziness. The laziness. Him spiking Aguilar, the first baseman. Oh, That's when it started, by the way. Yeah, by the way, this guy's becoming a caricature. Not a character, a caricature. It's like, and he's... Folks, look at the direction he's going. His slugging percentage was 588 in the against the Braves. In the NLCS, it went down to 444. And now how about the World Series about them Boston Red Sox, which will... Tip our cap to. Of course, as always. He batted 182. He was 4 for 22. Zero doubles, zero triples, zero home runs, five strikeouts, and a slugging percentage of 182. Hey, uh, you know, despite all that stats, I want to give it to a 10 on that slip and fall on that final strikeout of the season. Ah, that was 10 out of 10. That was a 10 out of 10. Well deserved. Excellent dismount. I will say... The trend is this. The tighter the games got, the less he produced. So here's my question. Is it like the demand in the market? Or is it just the actual player and position in the youth and all that coming together that provides such a circus this offseason with free agents? I don't know. I'm just sick of hearing everything that's been happening this yeah. offseason. All I just keep on hearing is rumors and rumors. And we talked about this last week when right. we when I made that joke that said Bryce Harper went to get a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> He's siding with the Phillies. But I don't know. I'm just so sick of everything. Me too, man. You know, I've been thinking about this recently. And we had this discussion a little bit earlier. Should MLB do a free agent deadline so that way this doesn't happen again? I think so. Because it's kind of like... We're seeing it in all sports. Uh, the power of what Le'Veon Bell pulled off in the NFL kind of started spreading to things like Antonio Brown. saying Players saying to themselves, I want to maximize the output of my power. I don't have to play. I'm, yeah, going to miss a paycheck. But that affects the team so negatively that it's like, okay, yes, we get it. You guys have power. But it's like what LeBron's doing, which I know you're not a LeBron fan per se. No, 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 no. And sorry. I am. He is using the agent Rich Paul and him and Anthony and all the pieces to put uh, things where he wants. And he's he's almost like redefining sports in a way. Free agents used to just be, who's available? Sign him. He's on this team now. Okay, that was the news. Now it's a back and forth of here, maybe there, maybe here, no, not there. Why? Who cares? Are we running out of things to talk about? I don't know. Does it just show that this world is so boring and just be like... Are we that bored? Yeah, Manny Machado was, was spotted at a McDonald's in San Diego. You know he wants to play for the San Diego Padres. He has two McChickens. He's definitely going to be a Padre. Oh, it's serious. <laughs> Anyways, so what, what we were talking about was like the... The idea of Machado going to the Padres, flipping the coin to the other side, of why would the Padres do this? Padres out of all teams. By the way, the Padres, you know, weren't the only teams that were interested in right. Machado. The White Sox, where his brother-in-law, Yonder Alonso, oh, is, right. and his best friend, John Jay. You figured that would definitely motivate him to play with the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I didn't even think of that part. Yeah, but unfortunately... Apparently, family does not matter. Family. The money matters a lot. Yeah, clearly. Family don't matter. Winning doesn't matter. Clearly, winning doesn't matter because I'm surprised he said no to the New York Yankees. Yeah, I'm actually really happy he did. Oh, man. We got, we were talking about this yesterday yeah. when we got that notification. I'm like, this is the greatest day of 2019 so far. <laughs> so far. Because what we were saying was it would potentially pigeonhole us without being able to sign all those... 
new core six we were talking about. The core six. It would, it would prevent us from getting maybe an Andahar signing or a Glaber Torres signing or anything of that nature. But it, it just shows that he's selfish. He wants money. He wants the big contract. He wants to be talked about for five minutes. It's like, dude, he he's not Mike Trout. Like, <laughs> is it just the demand? Like, why are we talking about him still? Why are we talking about him right now? Because it's the most entertaining thing going on right now in yeah, baseball. I besides, I guess besides, that is entertaining. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> have you seen me have a fit? Yeah. I, every time I hear something that Machado wants to go to the New York Yankees, I'm like... Nope, 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 not happening. So, the positive I tried to take out of this was the theory in which the Padres are trying to pull off a long con. I'm thinking to myself, okay, name three current Padres. Eric Hosmer? Yep. Uh, Pretty sure there's that old third baseman for the Red Sox who's married to... Middlebrooks? Middlebrooks. Middlebrooks retired. Okay! <laughs> uh, Friendmill Reyes, I think that's his name. Also, the Padres have topped, they are the first farm system to have 10 prospects in MLB's top 100. So you know you are they're guaranteed to get a lot better. 10 prospects in the top 100. That's So they're loaded at the youth. So, okay, so my theory is this. You tell me what you think of this. All right. I think the Padres are not going to expect him to play all 10 years there. I see them. I've, I've already said this. Yeah, I see them, but like, there's the, the, where I might differ. I see them trying to just inflate their ticket sales. Of course. Because honestly, I think Padres, if I think of jersey sales, I think half the guys in the crowd are wearing what you said, Tony Gwen jerseys still, and, and Trevor Hoffman. Oh, yeah, two of the most iconic players in Padres history. Yeah. Because yeah. when you think of Major League Baseball, you think of the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. No one thinks about the Padres. Padres are probably the 29th most viewed team besides the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Other than when they're wearing those camo jerseys, I could honestly care less about when the Padres are playing. I, uh, they're that team that's over here. You never really think of them, care about them. And now they have one guy, 10-year, 300 million, with an umbrella of a bunch of no-names... Who's probably not going to be there all 10 years. He's probably going to be there for at least half, if not three or four years. If not three or four. So maybe the, the idea is to make back the money you, so, you spent on him for year one, year two, maybe even year three with inflated ticket prices because people will come to the stadium now, fill that bad boy out. Petco Park, which is a very nice stadium. Oh, I've never been. Have you been? Nope, I wish. I've seen it in video games. Yes, I've seen it in video games <laughs> and I've seen it when... It's a beaut- yeah, I've seen when the Yankees play the Padres, which is like once every like <laughs> That's right. four years, pretty much. But uh, I'll say this: uh, they have to be being preparing to give him and his massive contract away to a team that can handle it, and then maybe expect four or five prospects in return. So they make the money back in the years one and two of the contract with the ticket sales and the in the inflated prices but and the jersey sales but then maybe get rid of him and just rebuild again like what is I don't see what this is going to do for them I don't know considering the Padres last year they went 66 and 96 oh that sounded nice but that doesn't look good on paper 66 uh, and 96 sounds like two interstates crossing that are in the middle of like Nebraska oh. so we could really yeah, it's just so mediocre and so in the middle of nowhere. I will tell you this. They will win more than 66 games, but I don't think they're going to win below 75 games. Yeah, he might he might make a little blip on the radar, but when it matters, NLDS, NLCS World Series, watch that little lazy boy just fall down like a leaf. It's the moments that matter the most. It is. Which moments we choose, which moments we thrive, shows what kind of men or women we are. I want to ask you another question. What you got? Did you watch the NBA All-Star break? I watched a little bit of the game. I watched the first quarter because I knew the game was going to be a no defense, no shows, just be a bunch of players be like, oh, look at me. I'm going to do this gigantic bounce pass right, and right. slam it down. Did you see that, by the way, with Steph Curry and Giannis? I did not see that. Oh, man. That was crazy. Hey. Steph Curry had like one of the craziest assists I've ever seen oh, in my yeah? entire life. Yeah, what he did was that he bounced back. 
and went like six feet in the air, and Giannis caught it and just slammed oh, it so down. Oh, so it's like an alley oop from a bounce up to an oop. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, so. Well, I would say uh, it's funny you say no defense because it's almost as if okay, it's like a regular season NBA game. Kind of. But the score is 200 to 184. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the first game of <laughs> NBA 2K ever played yes, almost. On easy mode with no defense. Way too easy. But um, there was something positive coming out of it. I heard the. Uh, th- I did watch the highlights of the three point contest. Ah, yes, the three point contest, my guy. Tell I'm, us why it was special for you. Because, first of all, I'm a huge fan of the Brooklyn Nets. I've. Watched every year of them suffering, winning 20 to 25 games over the last three years. The fact that Joe Harris, mm. who is breaking out, becoming a huge component of the Nets, being 30 and 29 on the season, hey, sixth hey. in the Eastern Conference, it was just such a, a great feat to watch Joe Harris beat Steph Curry in the three point contest. That must have felt really good. Oh, it felt so good. Unfortunately, I was calling the game, so I missed it. Oh, well, I was going to say, not only being a Nets fan already, just sounds kind of met net jetty of you. You know what I call it? The Ets. <laughs> I call it the Ets fans almost. The Mets, Nets, and the Jets. It's just like, it's, did they do that on purpose? I have a feeling they did. Uh, I don't think. I'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to move the end just a little to the left <laughs> and turn it to the Mets. And then we're thusly much more mediocre. But I will say, I will say, I will say. Joe Harris was awesome. He stepped up and shined in a moment. He beat Steph Curry in a three-point, you know, the, the the Goliath was slain. So it must have been something fun to watch, especially special for you. Of course. Did you watch any of the dunk contest? No, I, although I did hear the dunk contest was one of the worst dunk contests ever. One of the ever. worst? Yeah, I, I saw the highlights of it. People are all raising up tens and everything. I'm like... It's not... You know what it is? It's like you see people raising tens, but when I look at it, I'm like, that's a... Seven, six. Yeah. six, seven at best. I, I I saw the highlight of the gentleman j- jump over Shaq. Okay, that was impressive. I will say that because Shaq is like seven three, it like three hundred pounds. It is Shaq. I might play a little devil's advocate and say, hey, his hands, his hands were on his shoulders, kind of pushing him up just a little bit, but he did also hang on that rim and then do the whole. Superman thing. Me. That was pretty cool. The, the only thing is, is that when people wear the Superman thing, it feels so cliched almost. It's been done before. Dwight Howard did it. Dwight Howard did oh. it all. Yeah, but you know what? That was almost an homage. I feel like the, I feel like the, uh, the dunk contest, and we were saying this before, what happened to like the years where it was Michael Jordan and, you know, names like, you know, Blake Griffin was the last, I feel like, star jumping over that Kia Sorento, or whatever the heck that was. Uh, you know, I just feel like there was no, nothing special afterwards. No player where I can immediately know, ooh, that's a great guy, that's a 10-time All-Star. No names are in the dunk contest now. I don't know, maybe it, it could be a lot of things. I remember we had this discussion earlier, maybe the dunk contest wears them out, and you might want them for the second half of the season, considering there's like 20 games left in the NBA. Right, your theory about like the home run derby. Yeah, the home run derby where uh, where if you compete in the home run derby, you don't see that same power stroke they had in that first half. Like say someone hit 30, yeah, Aaron Judge, who won it, who did the one and done. He right. hit 30-something home runs in the first half, and I think he only hit what, like 10, 20 in the second half. So the theory is that it messes up your rhythm, messes up your swing maybe. So maybe the dunk contest messes up your vibe or your the way you're shooting the basketball. Like I can see maybe see that in the three point contest, but then again, it just comes down to like that's like how you practice anyways. The dunk contest is a, maybe a platform to be creative and get your sports name out there and get some views. But like, how are these individuals being selected? Is this like okay, we'll take the B and C minus teams, we'll take the B and C minus player of those B and C minus teams. And then just throw them out there and let them get a little creative because they are somewhat impressive. The dunks are actually kind of interesting. But how come I'm not seeing LeBron James out there, you know? like well, LeBron is also above 30, around 35 years old. Well, yes. But you like, don't want him to break a head. <laughs> you know, for example, pick, pick anyone that's younger and of a caliber of that nature. How come we're not seeing those guys out there? I just... What happened to like the olden days when you were growing up and it was all the best players? Like, you know, like I, I don't know. I didn't even think about that until now. It's just like like Blake Griffin was the last one I can remember being 
become somewhat of a star. And it was a cool dunk, jumping over a car. But I feel like every year, it's people I cannot pronounce the name of, all getting tens when they missed their first attempt, got their second attempt, but in the slow motion replay, they're actually just throwing the ball into the hoop. It's like not that impressive to me anymore. You know what I think, you know what I think we should do next season? We should be in the dunk contest. Absolutely. Even though I don't have an NBA team or a franchise. And the movie White Men Can't Jump uh, was about me, and uh, the sequel's coming out soon. I can't even leave the earth. Gravity is extra hard on me. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be an extra in there as well. Well, you're taller than me. I feel like you can at least like scrape the net and kind of. Uh, I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that athletic. I'm like five eleven, like and a half. No way. Almost six feet tall. I'm five eleven and three quarters, and you're taller than me. All right, then maybe I hit the six feet plateau, and I just don't know it. You got to be more confident, man. Maybe I need. You got to be telling people you're six. Or I need to get a physical. <laughs> That's why I have to get. <laughs> or maybe you. Yeah, maybe you've like extended the vertebra two inches and grown. But dude, you're taller than me. And walking around this earth saying I'm six feet is way better than 5'11 and a half. Oh, so in the voice, I'm 5'11 and three quarters. No, I'm six feet tall. Get used to it. Six flat, baby. Anyhow, I digress. All right, we we always digress. I I dare say that because... You know, speaking of home run derby, we're going to lead our way back into baseball. On this day in 1994, a... Beautiful young soul, ace of the New York Yankees, turned 25 today. Luis Severino, let's all give him a round of applause. Happy birthday, big boy. And the big boy is about to get some big money. Yeah, well, good money. All right, good money. Okay, big money for for, for, na- for now. For the fans. It's a bargain for it's what a, he did. Yeah, and I uh, I like that out of him. He, likes the mar- he must like where he is. He must... Want to be with the team? Gives themselves... So what was the... What was he also the, deserves to get paid. He got a four-year, $40 million deal. Okay. To avoid arbitration. So he's going to be with this team at least four with a club option of five years. Okay. So let's look at that. I actually love the fact that his was nice and silent. He got a deal done. Waived arbitration. And he deserves it. And he deserves it. And he's going to get a contract... Yes, it's going to be based upon his uh, actual results of what he does, but they can always like renegotiate um, later, not later on. But you have that, and you have that ace who I feel like he's ready this year. I feel like after that performance against the A's last year in the playoffs, I feel like he's going to come out and just blow people away. You know what it was? Not only that that game against the A's in the wild card game. I think that you remember that horrible game against the Red Sox. Yeah. I think that was the game. That must have really ticked him off. I think yeah. this is the season. He's gonna go. I think he's gonna go eighteen and seven with an ERA slightly above three. I like that eighteen and seven because that's not the ridiculous twenty two and three. He's not gonna go twenty two and three. He could go eighteen and seven because he's gonna he's gonna be that random pitcher that they have no run support for because they always seem to do that with him. Yeah, with, with the with the guys that got with Judge, Stan, and Sanchez, you expect them to score at least five runs. Four or five. Yeah, and uh, so he was always in one nothing, two no, like two nothing games. You're right about that. But uh, speaking of it being his birthday and being a special day in U.S. history, not just New York history. Even, uh, though, thank you. even though he was born in the Dominican Republic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Back in 1972, All right. this day in history, ladies and gents, a little fun fact, the U.S. Postal Service was created. Are you guys familiar with the U.S. Postal Service? Um, I'm kind of losing touch with it because I think uh, technology is shifting more towards... The power of the emails. Emails, tweeters. Instagram, Snapchat. Stinkers. Plinkers and all those things. Pinky and the brain, almost. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I like to also think that every platform changes for a reason. It needs to grow. Some things need to die to be reborn and rise from the ashes like a phoenix, but not the U.S. Postal Service. I think I digressed there for a little bit, so. I digress again. All right. 1809, this day in history. U.S. Supreme Court rules that the power of the federal government is greater than any individual state in the Union. Hmm. Uh Hmm. You know, when we were going through this, 
I felt so stupid because I felt like yeah. I don't even remember any of this happening or being taught about this. Yeah, I almost don't even know what to say to that because uh, I read that as a bunch of dudes in coats okay. agree that the mass of the masses is bigger and better than an bunch of pieces within okay yeah that's like okay okay we get it we get it we know what you're talking about but now you're saying the rule you know what politics we're just gonna leave that to the side you know what it is it's like using big fancy words like say that you want to get a grilled cheese sandwich it's like i would like some cheese on two pieces of white bread and put it on the stove a grilled cheese you mean a grilled cheese okay why didn't you say that <laughs> i don't know but uh, you know who wasn't saying that? Who? Lieutenant Edward O'Hare. Who? 1942, this day in U.S. history. Okay, what did he do? Wow. He downed five, I repeat, five out of nine Japanese bombers that were attacking the carrier Lexington. Boy, talk about patriotism right there. He shot over 50%. Bombers out of the sky! That's impossible. <laughs> That's insane. That is insane. Well, Lieutenant Edward O'Hare doesn't have time for political crinkle fries. Anyways, one last thing that happened in this U.S. history. All right, what happened? Because I don't think that much else happened. You should, uh, besides Severino's birthday 1962. Today. Exactly. Yes. Let's see. Mercury astronaut John Glenn becomes the seventh... Sorry. That's just a, <laughs> That's just a very ugly one that I put... Becomes the first American to orbit the Earth. The Earth? Orbiting the Earth. Wow. Yeah. That's a very impressive, impressive feat. You know, there's definitely a lot of things that happen that I did not know about, so... Yeah. This is the history of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Did you learn something? I, I kind of learned something. I think you always learn something new, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, people? Anyways. All right. I still think uh, Severino's birthday is the most important, but... For Yankee fans and Yankee lovers, please do not lose faith in Luis Severino. He's going to be an all-star. He's going to be great. He's going to be in contention for the Cy Young once again. I think so, too. Love our young guys right now. Love them. Oh, my God. Andahar. I think Andahar is my favorite. Oh, yeah. The core six, I believe we were talking about. Andahar. Torres. Severino. This is where you help me. Judge. <laughs> Judge. Sanchez. I feel like I'm missing somebody. All right, we'll say Bert, we'll say Bird if he gets better. Okay. Didi? Didi was got was acquired from the um, Diamondbacks. From the Netherlands or something like that. Yeah, from the Netherlands. <laughs> I meant like the core. I meant the core five. The no, players that. There's one more. The players that were brought up. Yeah, which is what we're happier about having our farm system actually producing and like being able. And these guys are batting 290 and hitting. 25 home runs, 90 RBIs. Well, we could talk about Bird. We could talk about Frazier, possibly, <laughs> if he gets some playing time. It could be something. Uh, it's a lot to talk heck, about. Yeah, it's a lot to talk about. His concussion. Let's see what happens with the redhead. But, the red, uh, red Thunder, as they red call it. Red Thunder. Thunder. But uh, I digress again. I will we're say not, this. Hey, we're not digressing. We're talking about Yankees. It's oh, not no, digressing. No. I'll be honest. I don't even know what digress really means. Digress is like kind of like when you're getting out of topic almost. But I digress. <laughs> um, so you you told me a little interesting story the other day about you oh, yeah. calling a game. Oh yeah. So uh, what I do is that I call basketball games, you know, because I want to be a play by play announcer, not just being part of this great podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. So like like a so like a high school game. So yeah. So I'm like a Marv Albert kind of guy. Or Or uh, Kevin Harlan. Do you know who Kevin Harlan is? I love is? his voice. Very deep. I can't even do very, it. Very very deep. What the sledgehammer? James Harden. He sounds like. He so anyway, yes. The hockey puck in his throat. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So yesterday I was calling a game in, in Waterbury. Packed stadium because it was senior night. Oh, yeah. As I wasn't expecting because no one told me what happened. And they go bonkers for basketball down in Waterbury. Clearly they do. But it's something to be proud about because there's some really good teams down there. Absolutely. So anyway, I was say, say I was just like sitting like this, you know, minding my own business, you know, looking at the teams, looking left and right. Then a couple of high schoolers decided to sit right in front of me and slouch down to the point where my legs were almost like this. <laughs> it's like... 
Like, like right here? They like yeah, like almost. That. It's like, show some respect. It's was like, your, it was your equipment like right here? Oh, the equipment was right behind me. There was literally no space to do anything. I felt so claustrophobic. So what, what did you... You had your headphones, like you I had my headphones. There was like a person like right next to me, almost like <laughs> like squished together like this. I was like, hey. "Okay, this guy is going down the court, and next thing you know, swish basket." <laughs> yes, that's awesome. You were within the people, pretty oh, much. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Oh yeah, I've had some people say, "Is like we love listening to you the entire time." I remember there was one game. The uh, the people that are like five rows below of me, they're like, "I was listening to you the entire time. You you sound really good." That's a, did, did, first off, I want to say that's been said about us and not only you with saving my behind and all the time when I run out of ideas or stats or I hit the table. And, okay, is that you, the daily hit of the table today? No, that was in my, see, this is a turning point in my table hitting career because I've had an issue with bumping into things and getting a little distracted. I guess you could call me the uh, Stugats of the Dan Levitard show. I'm oh, little, you, mean, you mean like... I'm a little oafy. I talk with my hands. I get excited. You, you mean like... I'm I don't really know. Into it. I don't know what to do with my hands. And See, this like, is... And you're just like perfectly posturized and ready for like, the yeah. player is exe- executing the play. And I'm just like... Ah! You, almost sound, you almost sound like William Shatner almost. It's just like... Oh, I yeah. Did, yeah. I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> So yes, this is what happens when you get excited. We just do a little bit of this. A little bit of finger dance, a little bit of a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Or we do a little bit of a toe drag, as they call it in hockey. So I'm not gonna digress. Oh really? No, I'm not. All right, the first what digress. What I'm gonna do is. We should have a digress jar. Oh. Two dollars every time. Two dollars, I'd be broke right now. <laughs> I'd be rich. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pull it back into the uh, to our little cozy atmosphere of the New York Yankees yes specifics what have you seen so far heard of I heard something about Troy Tulowitzki uh, Troy Tulowitzki yeah you know the guy that always gets injured like every five seconds <laughs> he probably lifts up his pen I broke, I broke I broke my fingers but anyway none of that jokes okay Troy Tulowitzki he comes in with a with a lot of expectations, with a lot of hope to be in the starting shortstop while D.D. recovers from Tommy John surgery. He has also been working out a little bit as well. Good. D.D. Gregorius. Uh, I was hoping because that's a very serious injury. Uh, Tommy John surgery? Yeah, because... Well, yeah, not injury. I should have said a, a, a surgery. But it affects so many different players in so many different ways. My buddy, uh, shout out to Joey Danino, he... Uh, he had Tommy John surgery at the age of I want to say he was 19 or 20. Oh my God! Yeah, it was it was at a scary time, and it ended up working out in his favor. He uh, he reared back. He did his uh, physical therapy. He went from probably throwing like 88 to like a good, strong, consistent like 92, 93. Really? And yeah, he pit he pitched for uh, Columbia. He was on ESPN in the College World Series. He pitched against Cal State Fullerton. Now, Joey, I'm sorry if I screwed any of that up, but I love you, and you're an absolute stud. And out of all of my friends, uh, you made it. You made it to the, the dance, man, so be proud. Really? Yeah. I would figure if someone gets Tommy John surgery, I would be just as just as nervous to throw harder because if you throw right. harder, you have a better shot at possibly yeah. retiring it. Well, that's exactly it. The weird thing is it's like it works in a different way. It's like the smoothness or like the quick the quick twitch muscles in which you're throwing the ball. You might not necessarily be, you know, exerting as much oomph as you're throwing it. You're just throwing it smoother, more fluid, and then thusly faster. Yeah. So it's from what I took away from it was, you know, all the rubber band work you do actually matters. Like all the different angles. Yeah. It, he would just regrow the muscle fibers in certain areas where he would just have a fluid motion, the fluid motion created it to be 90, you know, made it 92, not 88. Yeah. He was throwing as hard as he could to get to 88. And might I bring up a quick story? Yep. If you've ever heard of the Cooperstown Dreams Park. Cooperstown Dreams, no. Cooperstown Dreams Park is a baseball dreamland for anybody who's in between Little League, headed towards Babe Ruth or even higher levels. It was the best baseball I, variety of teams and places that I got to see. I was, uh, I believe I was 12 years old and 13 years old. Now the baseball 
sizes, the, the fields are not 60 feet, six inches. They were, I want to say, 75. Really? They were not a full 90. I, you know, someone out there might be able to correct me, but it was not a full 90. So it was an in-betweener. It was an in-betweener. And it wasn't 60, but you could lead. Because in Little League, you can't take a lead off a of base. Nope. So it's where you start to learn the intricacies and the little chess matches of baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, like the idea of how, how long to look over and how much attention to give to a runner when you're pitching. And you're teaching these kids at 12 and 13 while you're playing Team Jamaica. So okay. our team was the Avon All-Americans. My boys, who luckily I got to go two years along with a friend of mine, Scott Mancini, and uh, went as the youngin, and I got to go as the vet. And I still remember to this day, there's this barrack setup where you have 64 teams from all over the world there to play baseball. Really? It's, it's actually kind of amazing. The, it's all clay. It's beautifully kept baseball fields. There'd be a four fields thing over here, four over here. I think a total of 16, maybe even 20 by now. And I'm sure it's expanded. But you're also in Cooperstown. So the teams, of course, all head into the town, go to the Hall of Fame. You get set up with a deal. It's great for parents. So if anyone hasn't even heard of that, look, if you have enough players in your town or in your area, get, get a team together. Look up the paperwork, see how much it costs. Get the parents together. It was such a great experience for a 12-year-old kid. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Especially playing a game that you love to play. Too. Exactly. It was a beautiful thing. You know, the other cool things were we all had team pins. So our little Avon All-American with the cross baseball bats. There was uh, crazy pins on some teams. Like there was uh, like the Nashville Blue Devils or whatever. I don't remember the exact location, but their Blue Devil pin was so rare that people were trading these pins. So unlike baseball cards, we're trading these pins in. Or even All-American didn't have much weight. But our second year, we went all the way to the semifinals. So then, uh. then people wanted our pin. And that leads me back to why I brought this up in the first place. Because Joey Danino, who we just talked about with the surgery, mm-hmm. he, he to this day still holds the record for amount of innings pitched in one day. How many innings he threw? He threw, as a, as a kid, by the way, he threw 19 innings in one day. Wow, Need that's I a say, lot of innings. We were playing seven-inning games. So he threw a complete game twice and then threw as long as he could in the third one. But we kept winning and we kept throwing it back out there. And then my, my dad reminds me, he'll never forget what his father, FJ, said. Eh, his arm's a rubber band. He'll just, he'll just feel better tomorrow or whatever he said. But... It was just something beautiful. It's a very good memory to share with my with uh, with my boys. And uh, shout out to all those who were able to go to Cooperstown and uh, learn about the history of the game and also start to become a man in the sport of baseball. You know, more than just a boy playing little league. So. It's yeah, like you said, it's more than just playing ball in a little league. Yeah. It's all about be, playing as a team. You know, being that leader. You know, yeah. helping the younger ones become totally just as good. Totally. Oh, it reminds me, I, I faced Carl Yastrzemski's grandson in that. What? He was really? on the, he was on the, not the, it was something River Rats. It was like the something Massachusetts or something New York. Albany, no, that's the hockey team. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, we all like, got to see the name on the scorecard, Yastrzemski. And of course, a couple of our parents went over to talk to his and just like, oh my goodness. And they found out it was. His first at bat, he ropes a double opposite. He's a he's a lefty, need I say? Yeah. He ropes a double off the opposite field wall, and I was like, "Hmm, it is in the blood." But uh, I tell you, that was that was a great time. I'll, I'll never forget that. And one of our games started at one in the morning, because one in the morning. So you got to play a tournament, and it's a total of like a week and a half, two weeks. You play like six games, and then it's around robin. You basically you play a bracket system. You you lose and you're out by the end, but you're seated by those six games you play. And there'll be a point where you play two games in one day, it has, sometimes three. Yep. But the game that you were supposed to start at 9 o'clock p.m., the three games before that went to an extra five innings. Oh, the game God. after that went an extra two innings. The game after that had an injury, and a peanut butter sandwich fell on the field, so we had to have a 10-hour uh, delay. Who knows what happened. But Did you play nine innings? We played seven. Okay, seven yeah, innings. I was about to say. But it was awesome, and we were, we were playing under the lights, in the middle of the night, young kids, up late, ecstatic, 
nothing better than heading back to that bunk bed and uh, sleeping it off. Sleeping it <laughs> off. Yeah. And you know, there's another aspect you learn to this. You learn how to win, but you also learn how to lose. You know, you're 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 maybe the the hottest tool in the shed in your town or in your area or even in your state. But once you go to a bigger stage, you really see who you are and how you compare and how there's a million of you and uh, you're not special until you make yourself special. But I'll say it was still the, the youth. You still cried after the losses. You still, we, uh, we had a tough loss. You'll really appreciate this. All right, let's hear this. We were tied. We were up three to two against a really good team. And it was one of those games where we were about to steal it, you know? Like, yeah. it's the bottom, of the, uh, bottom of the seventh. We make a pitching change. There's two outs in the inning meet, I say. And they have a runner on third base. Here's the sleazy part of uh, some baseball that I don't really like. Okay. As the catcher throws the last warm-up pitch back to our pitcher, and the umpire wipes off home plate and says, like, it's live again, our pitcher is walking back to the mound. That coach told their kid to steal. Oh. So it looked like he was coming from a timeout, just talking to the coach. Like seven, eight feet off the bag. And then, you know, it seems like it's a day. It just, it was well hidden and well uh, executed. Executed. But it seems slimy. That's. Some of the parents of the other team, even like they were cheering right away. Oh, it's genius, it's genius. But there was a couple smart eggs on that Indiana team. <laughs> Sorry, Indiana. Uh, that came up to us and was like, that wasn't cool. That wasn't baseball. Because we were all bawling our eyes out. And that just happened to be the time the owner of the entire complex was the one watching our game. Yeah. So we're all crying our eyes out. We all get in line, take a picture. <laughs> and this is why baseball is great. The kid who went into the game, Luke Auger, who was the best catcher I ever saw my age, who was pitching, crying his eyes out too. First thing he does when we get back to the bunkers takes out a fake fart can and sprays it all over the place. <laughs> it reeked of rotten eggs, and oh my god, did we just laugh our tears away. Oh, I would have been laughing if uh, something like that had to happen. How awesome is that? Oh man, that is such a such a dark story, but at least you're yeah. able to turn it around. Yeah, it was a dark story, the loss, the, the steal, but overall it's a beautiful memory, and I'm very yeah. thankful I have it. You know, I hope it has a beautiful memory just to turn it over to back to the Yankee talk. And here comes with the hands again. Here we go. Does the name Danny Farquhar come into, uh, into your mind? Lord Farquhar from Shrek comes into my mind. Not Lord Farquhar. Danny Farquhar, the pitcher. Lord Farquhar. Well, I don't know. Tell me about it. All right. So Danny Farquhar has an amazing story with him so far. Okay. Last year, during a game against the Houston Astros, he gets pulled out of the game, and then he complained that his head was hurting. Turns out he passed out. Hmm. And the reason why he passed out is because he had a brain aneurysm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so he... Oh, I, I think I remember this now. Yeah, because no one knew what was going to happen oh my with goodness. him. Turns out he woke up five days later oh. trying to... Not knowing what happened... And the first thing that came into his mind is that he wants to be back on the mound. <sighs> so the fact that he's been working this hard and recovering and doing all these things, and wow. which leads to this, he signed a minor league deal with our team. Oh, with us? With us, yes. Oh, let's go. We got second chances, baby. Oh, yeah. He's yes. going to get a second chance. I love that. The one problem, though, our bullpen is so good. Oh, and it's, yeah. It's so loaded. You gotta put him some. You gotta put him he, somewhere. Hey, he might get a shot. Maybe uh, on the. I hate to break to you. Maybe the forty-man uh, roster when they do that yeah. in uh, September. Yeah. I don't want to wait until September. I wanted to see on the mound That's right. That's a good story. Like right now. And you know what? If he if he rises to the occasion, he'll be there. Uh, do we still have David Robertson? Nope. I asked that last week, right? Yep. Excellent. <laughs> do we still have? No, I'm kidding. Uh, we have Chapman. Yes. Mr. Ch- Mr. Chapstick. Uh, Batances. Batances. Who was a free agent at the end of the season. Okay. And we were saying, you know, he kind of had a hiccup a couple years ago. He did. A little bit last year, too. He's not as invincible as he was when he first came out. Uh, he's still very consistent, but though. But he's, he's consistently showing me he his mind 
isn't a hundred percent there. It's it, he's got it though. He's got it. He's got a hundred mile an hour fastball. He can snap off like a eighty eight mile an hour. He's also got that nasty slurve curve that will miles an that hour. will probably send me on my butt if I had to oh, face yeah. that. Oh yeah, looks like it's coming right at your face. Yeah, you know right what it is? He's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like he's like. Just something was a little off, and I couldn't really tell what it was. Maybe his 100-mile-an-hour fastball is flat. I don't know. But he's got to work on, like, a third, fourth pitch. And uh, if he does that, if he really, really hones in on, like, a two-seamer or something that tails inside or a changeup, he could be that much more dangerous. There's no doubt in my mind that he is a great pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Uh, and he's good for New York. And there's also no doubt in my mind that he needs to be back in pinstripes. They need to re-sign him. Absolutely. Along with Didi Gregorius as well. You know, Sir Didi. Sir Didi, as they call him. What's going on with him? Uh, Sir Didi, obviously, he came to spring training. He did a little bit of workouts, but he didn't do too much because you don't want to do too much with your... With your elbow, and right. I was telling you this the other day. I would rather spend three hundred million dollars on Didi Gregorius than Manny Machado. Absolutely. But I know I'm crazy. I would never give three hundred million dollars to anybody. Listen, the point is. The point is, is that he needs to be a lifelong Yankee. That's yes. my point. Literally, he replaced our captain seamlessly. It's like if he didn't exist, almost. Hey, he's still the password to all my favorites. Anyways, who else would do that? I don't know. I don't think of any scenarios where somebody, other than like Tom Brady coming in for Drew Bledsoe, like where something that was special came to replace something special in a different way. How about Mantle coming in for DiMaggio? Who would have thought that? Special in a special way. It's like, so Didi being there... And also, when he's hot at the plate, oh, what a beautiful swing. Oh, he has a beautiful left-handed yes. swing, which is something we still need. We need a we lefty. We need that. We, we need, need a, that lefty. a lefty. We Short need a porch, baby. Come on. If you're a lefty, you'd be like, I am blessed to hit at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And also his glove. He's filthy. Oh, yeah. Great. arm, too. Like, we need that. We need that at shortstop. You know, forget all about that. How about him as a leader? Yeah. He's a guy that wants to win. He wants to help his team. The dude <laughs> played when he was injured yeah. last year. I love that. And you know what? I love, I always get to see these guys' personalities a little bit in those silly uh, commercials that they do. Oh, my favorite one was, I think it was 2015 <laughs> when they did the Sandlot. Like, yes, uh, that was what I was thinking of. And Didi, like, it just made me laugh. I don't know if he was the Colossus of Clout or the Sultan of Swat guy, yeah. but it was awesome. He, he just... Didi seems like a leader, like you said. He seems like a, a great clubhouse guy. Balanced, consistent, but leads by example the most. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get the job done, bare minimum. He's like probably the third leader behind CC and Judge. Right. And we were also talking about a little bit earlier how the core five, as we were talking we'll about, not core six. We'll go five. Which first player is going to get paid? Mm. Now that Severino is paid... The next person, it's got to be the judge. You got to give it to him. That's what should happen. That's is it going to happen though? But what has been happening, it seems like with contracts these days, is that a deeper, more uh, prolonged plan has to be established. So perhaps judge can talk with management or his agent or whatever, and they have an idea such as, okay, we're gonna sign you, big guy. Yeah. Don't, don't you worry. But we might, if we sign you first, we might lose Andar, or we might lose Labor Torres. I don't think we're gonna lose any of those guys. I, think I hope the, not, the, but when the contracts come up, like we gotta sign all of them. Their so, payrolls are so high. Yeah. A lot of people are concerned why they didn't want to pay for Machado or Harper is because we're saving the money to pay the core five to be with this team for many years. That is true, that is true. Um, yeah, you're right, but it, I hope the management sees it too. You know, I hope they're not just setting it up to be a piece to sell and get a star. I hope we don't lose anything. I hope we don't get Machado. Get him out of here. Obviously, we can breathe now. We can take a nice deep breath. Let's do it right now. Now, the next person is going to be Bryce Harper, who's going to get paid. Bryce. I don't know. That quaffed hair, man. It just... Uh, He's not being a Yankee, I can tell you that. It could, I can't see I can't see it. It could work, but... The dude wants more than 10 years. We're not yeah. going to pay him 10 as years. As soon as I saw that article, now we're going to go bigger than 10, 300. I'm out. 
Control-Alt-Delete, sign, date, dot the T's, cross the I's, take a sip of water, good night. Good night, Bryce Harper. Like we said, we don't need it, even need him to begin with. No. With Judge Hicks, uh, Gardner, Frazier, and uh, Ellsbury, sadly. That's all I'm going to have to say about Ellsbury. That's all we're going to uh, do. So, but I will say Gardner, where do you think he's at? Because he's kind of getting up there in age and speed was something that separated him from the rest. So, I like to think he's going to be in the rotation. Is he going to be the starting left fielder? The one reason why I would put him as the starting left fielder is because he's a very good leadoff hitter. Yeah. Left-handed bat, he gets on base, and he's a proven leader as well. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely a leader. And we've seen his off-field stuff where he went and visited the little girl who was dying of uh, cancer. And I don't know if you know this story, but... No, I don't know this story. He, <laughs> he is not known for his home runs. Obviously, we could tell. Although he hit twenty something like a couple of years ago, I'm like, yeah, I wonder if that's a, a, a produ- production of the a short porch, maybe, or maybe he's swinging for the fences because he does have like a swing for the fences kind of swing. He shouldn't go for that though. No, if you have all that speed, you need to hit the ball on the ground. Correct, and thank you. My point is though, with speed being his number one factor, kind of maybe going from an A to an A minus, maybe even to B plus now. His arm strength ain't all that. He's kind of like a Johnny Damon. Looks kind of goofy throwing lefty. You wonder why he was a lefty in the first place as a thrower. Maybe he should have been a righty. Definitely. Hey, he has a gold glove under him, so. Does he? He does, yeah. Okay. He's got a good arm for a left fielder, too. He can, uh, I guess, because left fielder has the least. The left fielder has the least strongest arm. The center fielder and right fielder are known to have the the stronger arms. Yeah, so I guess you're right, but I didn't even know yet. He has a gold glove? Yeah, 2016. Gold glove. And that's why I love James. <laughs> he knew the date, too. All right, well, Brett Gardner in his shaved head. Uh, you know, I'll take him. I, I think he was going to be in the rotation. I uh, Starting left fielder, though? Let's do that. Starting lineup opening day. All right. So, I think... Positions in the field first, then we'll do batting order. However, the... Oh, positions? Yeah. Who's where? We'll do the batting order later. Okay, so left field, it's either going to be Gardner... Or Clint Frazier. Frazier. I think you're saying Center field is going to be Hicks. That's obvious. Right Hicks, field, baby. Right field is very obvious, too. It's going to be Judge. Judge. And then rotating, uh, the DH will be Giancarlo, maybe. Giancarlo. Uh, maybe Maybe they put Andujar at DH, too, since yeah. he's not the strongest defensively. But right. we do have DJ LeMahieu, who could so, cover that. I'm thinking, depending on where Greg Bird is in this offseason, uh, having him at first... I would rather have him at first because of the lefty. You need the lefty-righty, lefty-righty kind of thing. You can't have right, 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 left, right, 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 right. right, right. Absolutely correct. So that means we have DJ LeMahieu playing a little bit more behind third or behind Andahar third. Or you put him at short in case if Tulo does get hurt. Right. Although, originally I wanted Tulo on the bench because I know of his injury. Oh, because I wanted DJ LeMahieu at second because I know he's a a very good hitter. Yeah, you told me he batted through. He won the batting title in what 2016, 348, I believe it was. Yeah, but he only had like uh, eleven like a, home runs and sixty six RBIs. You know, I don't think they need to rely on the home run ball every time though. They need someone that I can know, get but, on base. But yeah, you're right. That's what it was. Nobody was getting on base for him. So, <laughs> nonetheless. Um, so him uh, at third. So second base is definitely locked down. A rotation of Glaber Torres. A lot of people think it's going to be Glaber at second and Tulo at short. Although I personally wanted DJ at second and Glaber at short. But you give a young guy a new position on opening day, you get kind of worried about. Because that's usually what happens when you give a young player a different position. You don't know if they're going to perform the same way as he did in one position. That's very true. And even though it's a, a small change in field... Your angles change. Your natural rhythm changes. The hot corner is completely different. I remember when going from second base to third base, being like, whoa. I'm used to lefties pulling the ball. There's a certain way the spin comes off the bat. And there was a certain way it would kick on the second bounce and kind of hop up on me. Third base was different. Hot corner, called hot corner for a reason. Yep. Woo! Uh, <laughs> August, you like that. I think I'd be dreadful at the hot corner. Oh, my goodness. You have to wear a cup this big just to, like, feel an 
out safe. I think you need to put me in a, um, like in a balloon almost <laughs> to prevent the bubble boy. Yeah, bubble boy almost. <laughs> but it, it is terrifying, like, because you have these righties, like, crushing the ball. If they're a little early on it, there's going to be a weird spin on it. Yeah. And as soon as it hits the ground, you want to put your glove where you think it's going to go, but you know it's going to kick a little bit right because there's so much spin on it. And you got hit in the arm, and your arm is purple. Yeah, it's so, almost, almost looked like if Barney was like taking over your arm almost. Yeah. <laughs> Barney, Barney, why would you do this I to me? You, you. Okay. If you love me, you would not give me that bruise in the first place. Stop bagging me. All right. Anyways. Okay. We did we digress again. If we, we had a jar, we pro I probably put in twenty bucks right now. I'd put in a hundred. So. Oh, you're trying to one up me. <laughs> I don't have 100. Okay. So, uh, pitching rotation. Pitching rotation, obviously, Sevi at the top. Sevi. Tanaka. Actually, Paxton. I think Paxton is going to be really? the number two pitcher. I th I, I, well, you do the righty, lefty, righty thing. You could do the righty, lefty, righty. I'm going to go with Masahiro Tanaka. Obviously, Tanaka is in the starting rotation. Just because he's, even though it's righty, righty, he is a wobble pitcher. I have a little word for that. I have Severino throwing gas. And then I have a pitcher throwing splitters and balls that tail off to the inside. Sink. Two seasons. A sinker that plummets down and goes a little inside. Then you have his little slider slash slurve slash curveball thing. And then he has his fastball that tails a little bit. So his ball is either going to go down, away, in. You can't really tell. Completely different style. So I'm okay with it being righty righty. Well, I think it's going to depend on what's going to happen in spring training. Because you got Paxton first year as a Yankee after we got him over the offseason. All right. So Paxton. Is either going to be the two or the three. Two or the three, somewhere around there. Then it's going to be Cap, and then it's going to be CeCe. J.A. Hap. And, uh, I like J.A. Hap. Yeah, I like, well, if he can do again what he did last year. I think, you know what it is? He's a veteran pitcher. He probably understands that he probably can't throw 98, 99. And he, and he definitely understands this is a big opportunity for him. This is Yankee Stadium. This is not Toronto or Philly or uh, Houston, wherever he played over the He's not the just playing pointless season anymore. No, he's playing... He's playing games that matter he can as, as John Carlos Stanton also realized. Did you see what he tweeted the other day? Why not? Uh, he was talking, he was kind of bad-mouthing the Marlins, saying the only difference between playing with the Yankees and the Marlins is that playing games that matter passed uh, May 7th. Oh. I was like, that was like a burn almost. It's like, have you seen that 70s show? Yes, I have. That, that was a... Uh, Nine-year burn almost or whatever, how long you <laughs> was with the Marlins for. Oh, man, that... Uh... I wonder what provoked that. I wonder if he was, uh, if somebody kind of shouted out to him like, "Hey, you sell out, you go play for the Yankees." He's probably just upset for with everything that happened in last, last year. year. Last year, yeah, with him striking out, well, he had a good season for him. It wasn't great, but he had a good season. It was also his first year in New York. What did you expect? I was gonna say, I, I maybe I have his numbers, maybe I don't, but uh, I do not. But I do know he didn't have the best batting average. He batted in the 260s. I know he had 38 and 100. That okay, 38 and 100. Look. For a bad year, 38 and 100. You know what it is? Our ex expectations are way too high. Well, of course, of course. The pressure was 18 cameras in his face every five seconds, which I like the way he handled himself. Oh, yeah. The way he handled himself was absolutely spot on. That's what you need to do. He addressed each question right away. He didn't pander or polygag or he knew he knew he did. He yeah. answered the question. Like you're gonna say like he was not afraid. Even if he was in a slump, yeah, he would just we're gonna work on it. We're gonna see what I can do. You knew it was a matter of time until he broke out of that. And boy did he do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh we uh we're coming up on uh the uh the, the hour mark here. Yeah. So Wow, that flies by, man. I'm telling you, you know what it is when you have tons of topics to talk about and speaking of spring training, games start this week. Oh, what? Uh, what's our first matchup? Again? I know, our first matchup is against the uh, world champion Red Sox. <laughs> you, know, you know, I saw a, a, was it a Red Sox championship pack the other day. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't give that to me. It's going to be different. No. I'm really curious to see how the Boston Red Sox, because whenever they have a really successful season, it goes bad after that. The Bobby Valentine stuff kind of happens Ooh, next. Ooh, the Bobby, oh, that collapsed in 2011. That was terrible. But it, it tends to happen in big, right. market, uh, big market teams when, yeah. like we said, you got to answer the call no matter what.
next year and again and again. Yeah. But this is uh, wrapping up this week's uh, podcast. Yeah, keep your eyes out on the Yes Network since we're going to be watching some games. First game on Yes, February 25th. I love not. the Yes Network, man. Yeah. I love it. Yes Network, that's a shout out for you. Yeah, well... Thank you all for uh, listening in and being a part of this conversation. Yeah, definitely keep our eyes out on which players are going to start off well off the gate. Yeah, we'll, we'll be watching. Once again, Life in Pinstripes. My name is James Yevin. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. Saying goodbye, and we'll see you later. Rock and or roll.